This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, November 30th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Kelly. Here's today's headlines. Senate tax bill showdown. NFU opposes. Alarming farm poll on opioid. Biofuel numbers due. And USDA sweetened school meal rules. Senate Republicans have cleared another hurdle toward passing their tax bill. The Senate voted 58-42 to start debate on the tax measure yesterday after a furious day of negotiations on details needed to win over holdout senators. One of those senators, Montana Steve Daines, told AgriPulse he had a deal to raise the new deduction for pass-through business income to 20%, up from 17.4% that's in the bill. Most farms operate as pass-through businesses, and agriculture accountant Chris Hess says that as he reads the rule, the deduction should benefit most farmers. NFU opposes the bill. AFBF position is expected. As expected, the National Farmers Union came out against the tax bill. The American Farm Bureau Federation expected to announce a position today after its board finishes deliberations. Citing the projected increase in the federal deficit, NFU President Roger Johnson says the bill is fiscally irresponsible and robs family farmers, our future generations, and our nation's lower and middle class to pay for tax cuts to the wealthiest individuals and corporate interests. Shock poll. Opioid abuse seen widespread in farm country. A new survey out today shows that the nation's opioid crisis is hitting home on America's farms. The Morning Consult poll, jointly sponsored by the Farm Bureau and Farmers Union, found that 74% of farmers and farm workers say they have been directly impacted by opioid abuse. By comparison, fewer than half of all rural Americans say that's true. Three out of four farmers and farm workers believe it would be easy for someone in their area to get opioids illegally. Again, under half of rural Americans say they think that's the case. Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall calls the findings heartbreaking. He says that's why we are urging everyone we know to talk to their friends, family, co-workers, anyone at all they know or suspect needs help. NFU's Johnson says the opioid crisis is not just some talking point or abstract issue. It's an enormous challenge for both rural and urban America, and we as a country need to come to grips with it. Biofuel targets due today. Today's the deadline for EPA to release its biofuel usage requirements for the coming year. The final renewable volume obligations are also expected to be included in the 2019 requirement for biomass-based biodiesel in addition to the 2018 requirements for ethanol and advanced biofuels. Biodiesel producers have been lobbying EPA to increase the RVO for biomass-based diesel from the proposed 2.1 billion gallons for 2019 up to 2.5 billion gallons. USDA finalizes school meal changes. USDA is formally moving ahead with changes to school meal standards that Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue promised soon after taking office this spring. The changes, which will take effect with the next school year, will allow schools to serve flavored 1% milk. The department's interim final rule also freezes existing sodium limits and provides schools continued flexibility on whole grains. The International Dairy Foods Association says the allowance for flavored milk will help reverse the decline in fluid milk consumption. But the American Heart Association says the new rule, quote, deserves an F. 
It fails the test when it comes to helping our kids eat healthier at school. Lawmakers seek new aid for hurricane-hit farms. House appropriators are looking at some novel approaches to get disaster aid to citrus growers and other producers who lacked adequate crop insurance. One of the ideas is to funnel the money through a temporary version of the Agriculture Risk Coverage Program. USDA Chief Economist Rob Johansson told the House Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee yesterday that this year's hurricanes cost at least $2.2 billion in crop losses. About a quarter of those losses were insured. CEQ EPA nominees advance. Two of President Trump's nominations for top environmental positions are headed to the Senate floor. Kathleen Harnett White, nominated for the Council on Environmental Quality, where she is expected to chair, and Andrew Wheeler, nominated to be EPA Deputy Administrator, were approved by the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee yesterday on party line votes. Harnett White's nomination is especially controversial because she's questioned the role of humans in causing climate change. She's also been sharply critical of the renewable fuel standard. She backtracked on her RFS opposition during her confirmation hearing. Regulatory Reform Bill Set to Move The House Oversight and Government Reform Committee today will debate a bill that would codify President Trump's regulatory reform task forces into law. The bill, introduced by House Freedom Caucus Chairman Mark Meadows, would require federal agencies to designate regulatory reform officers and establish task forces to recommend regulations to be amended or repealed. Report shows U.S. state-by-state benefits of Cuba ag trade. The Cuba Trade Magazine and U.S. Agriculture Coalition for Cuba have produced a new white paper on the potential of increasing U.S. farm commodities to the neighboring island nation. The report focuses on the potential for increasing ag exports from 16 states that produce and ship the bulk of U.S. soybeans, poultry, and other commodities to Cuba. Representative Rick Crawford, Republican of Arkansas, says support is growing in the House and the Senate for bills that would change policy that prohibit U.S. banks from financing ag commodity sales to Cuba. The House bill, authored by Crawford, now has 62 sponsors. The report details ag exports to Cuba from Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, North Carolina, North Dakota, Virginia, and Texas. Now keep in mind, the Trump administration has been working to tighten, not loosen, rules on trade with Cuba and has shown little interest in boosting agriculture exports. Here's today's He Said It. What was the high water mark for NOAA? Does that mean that all the world is subject to EPA's 2015 clean water rule? That Arizona rancher Jim Chilton questioning one of the rule standards for determining the jurisdiction in the Clean Water Act. Chilton, speaking on behalf of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, told the House Science, Space, and Technology Subcommittee that the rule is ambiguous and a federal government overreach. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, November 30th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by FLM Harvest, a hybrid strategic consulting, marketing, and communications company that delivers innovative solutions and meaningful results to clients across the farm, food, environmental sciences, and lifestyle spectrum. For more information, please visit WideOpenThinking.com. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.